0: People and welcome back to the Fire Podcast. This is episode 139. And I am your host, Serge Vicente. Yo, a little later in the week than we usually get you guys. But um, we've been busy, man. We've been really, really busy. Happy Thursday to everybody. If you have an opportunity, I actually was a, a, a guest on the Ben Jaworski Show. The Ben Jaworski Show is a political podcast um that is run by the Chicago Sun Times is one of the biggest publications in the world and um and I go on there you know roughly once a month or so and I do some political commentary man so if you have any You know, interest in that, please go check them out. Uh, We have some links to that also in our bio, man. So we have a lot of that coming up. You know, we have to diversify, have to make sure we're talking about a little bit of everything. But, uh, man, it has been a look. This past weekend was nuts. There was some interesting fights. Tyson Fury had a little bit of uh, time with Otto Um, Devin Haney, dude, is proving why he's the truth. And I'll be talking about him in a little bit. And we also had Justin Gagey doing absolute work against Donald Cerrone, man. So there's a lot to get to today. Um, we're also going to touch on fight news and we're going to go ahead and break down this weekend's ESPN UFC fight night it's going to be on ESPN Plus that's going to be in Mexico City headlined by the number 7 ranked Yair Rodriguez against the always dangerous um, one of my favorite fighters to watch all time that's the number 8 ranked Jeremy Stevens. this is happening at featherweight so it should be fire um, but I will a little later on in the show go ahead and jump into that but man I hope everyone has been enjoying themselves um obviously starting off the week a little later I was out of town for my younger brother's uh i was gonna say marriage he got married so i was at his wedding man um it was a great time i was the best man beautiful ceremony bro so uh it was a good time salute to the man himself andres and his lovely wife brianna so i'm very happy that i was there to celebrate with them um it was beautiful bro i mean aside from after the wedding we out here hanging out like you know you always do, and a lot of times the wedding, or the bridal party ends up doing something else. Why the guests go to the venue, right? We were doing that. We all jumped on the the trolley, and you know there obviously as there's drinks and there's all kinds of good stuff, and we finally jump on the trolley. We get to taking pictures with the bride and groom, and out of nowhere, fam, the trolley dies. We're in the roughest part of town, and we have everybody suited and booted. Half the people are slapped because they've been drinking the moment the wedding uh, was over. So uh, out of nowhere, man, my cousin who owns his own construction company here, Hanson and brothers here in Chicago, man, my man rolled up his sleeves, got under the hood and ended up fixing the, uh, the problem, got the trolley back up and rocking and saved the day. So interesting time, man. Great time. Um, always good to get together with family like that. And, but, Man, it messed me up from being able to watch the fights when I wanted to, so I had to block all my stuff, man, and Sunday ran in, man, was able to watch all the fights, starting with this weekend's uh, Cowboy versus Justin Gagey fight, man, so let's go ahead and jump into that really quick, Justin Gagey, the most violent man in MMA, does it once again, and he knocks out Cowboy Cerrone with 4 minutes and 18 seconds of the very first round, All right. This was interesting. A lot of people, this is one of those litmus test type of things. Where is Cowboy? Where is Justin Gaethje? There was a point in time where a lot of us, including myself, was extremely critical of Justin Gaethje. He came from WSOF. So I think he was a champion there, but I think a lot of us didn't really... Man, I'm not going to stunt. Yo, I didn't respect him in that capacity. I was like, wait till he fights somebody real and we'll see how to really judge him. He did that with Dustin Poye, got stopped. He did that again with Eddie Alvarez, got stopped. So I was like, ah, okay. If someone can take damage and make adjustments, they're always going to beat this dude. So I thought he hit his ceiling, which again, I believe a lot of people did. People kind of wrote him off. And I, I mean, I'd be the first one. So he comes back on this charge, fights James Vick, who i am be honest with you, in my opinion, especially at that time after those first two big losses of his career, I was like, yeah, him, James Vick, that's roughly the right type of opponent, right type of matchup. These guys are pretty much in the same spot. Winner go home, right? He goes out there, starches dude. First round, nasty knockout, huge overhand right? My man's doesn't get up. Okay, you pass that test, super violent. There it is. Next fight, he has again another dope ass opponent. Somebody he had, Edson Barbosa. Edson Barbosa, one of the best in the game, perennial contender. He's always in the UFC's toughest division, which is lightweight, 155 pounds. He's always ranked between number five and seven, right? One of the best guys in the division, always somebody that you have to deal with. The most devastating kicker in the sport, Um, great power in his hands, extremely athletic, extremely well-rounded. Went from training up in New Jersey, now he's with American Top Team, arguably the best team in MMA. So you look at these things, and again, that was one that I was like, you know what, Justin Gaethje... Yeah, he beat James Vick, but James Vick is, there's different levels to this. Here's Edson Barbosa. Edson Barbosa's going to get him out of there. I was wrong. Again, he absolutely starches Edson Barbosa. And Edson's somebody who I have so much respect for. I have so much respect for Edson Barbosa. And he went out there and made him look like a bum. Straight bum. So again, now, now I'm like, oh man, he looks a little bit more patient. He's a little bit more calculated. He's not just going out there like he used to with just reckless abandon. He was one of those guys that, look, you have he has the skill set. He's extremely powerful, but he's just a brawler. Well, he started proving against Justin Gaethje that that's just not the case, or should I say, Edson Barbosa. So now he gets down on Cerrone down Cerrone just came from a great round and a half against Tony Ferguson he was on a tear in his own right and everybody again is like all right this is you know the fight that we're gonna see how good Justin Gaethje really is cowboy yes he's older but cowboys always game here was an issue with this fight and this is something that I talked about in our last episode but Cowboy is always buddy buddy, and he—it's very difficult to, for him to get up if there's no static, if there's no—he if he's just your friend, he doesn't want to do work against you. He doesn't, so he goes out here, and he, just like Cowboy always does, he starts a little slow. Justin he does what he always does, and comes out just clicking on all cylinders. The only other person that I could actually admit. Starts off as fast as consistently as Justin Gaethje is Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor comes out the gate. I mean, accurate. Pinging everybody. So this is another one of those moments where I was like, okay, check it out. We'll see if if Cowboy's able to weather the storm. But if he's able to weather the storm, he might be able to get him in the later rounds. This is the five-round main event. So... I'm watching the fight develop, and Justin Gaethje absolutely from the onset, landing clean overhand rights. Boom! Boom! He had Cowboy's timing from the jump. Now, remember, Cowboy Cerrone and Justin Gaethje used to be teammates and have trained together and even sparred together at Grunge Training Center in Colorado. So they're very familiar with one another. Even to the point, Justin Gaethje said, Cowboy has knocked me out in training before, so I know what he has to offer. So you have all these things going in your head as you're watching the fight. The fight keeps coming on. He keeps catching Cowboy with huge leg kicks, which aside from Edson Barbosa, he probably lands the most devastating leg kicks in that division huge leg kicks, he's chopping down Cowboy, big overhand right, leg kick, overhand right, leg kick, overhand right, then again, about three minute, three and a half minutes into the round, he catches Cowboy with a huge right hand, Cowboy falls forward, stands back up, Justin Gaethje lands another big right hand, a couple huge uppercuts, Cowboy falls face first to his knees, Justin Gagey lands a couple more shots, fights over Four minutes, 18 seconds, he gets that um, that KO finish. And look, just to look at some of the numbers, think about this, man. Justin Gaethje in that little bit over a round and a half. Landed 40 out of 61 strikes for 66%. Like I said, he focused on those leg kicks. 13 leg kicks in less than a round. That's ridiculous. 68%, so 27 shots he actually landed to his head. In turn, Cowboy, again, you can tell he started slow. Look, he only landed 17 out of 52 strikes. That's only 35%. And it's not like Justin Gaethje is like fleet of foot. Now, he has improved. And that's one thing that I definitely want to focus on and let people know. Yo, my man, ever since those two losses and the whole big thing that I was talking about in the beginning and like his last couple wins is he has legitimately made the adjustments necessary to become that guy he has he's made the adjustments he's not like he's all of a sudden coming out there like a Henry Segudo and changing style and all of a sudden he has his karate style and is going back and forth no he has just polished up what he does very well he's cleaned up his footwork he has great angles and his timing has been impeccable dude looks really good man so now that you look at this what is next for Justin Gagey because here's the thing. Okay, let me start with Cowboy. What's next for Cowboy? Cowboy washed? I was seeing people saying that. Dallas Cerrone is not washed. He just lost to a better guy, somebody who is really hot right now. And Donald Cerrone, as long as Donald Cerrone wants to compete, look, this isn't a BJ Penn thing. This is somebody who's been around. He's beaten a lot of good guys. And on any given night, Donald Cerrone might be able to actually even win that fight. But this past weekend just wasn't that time. He'll be back. I'm not worried about Cowboy. Justin Gaethje, on the other hand. Now, what I would be interested to see is Justin Gaethje fight against a person that, yes, we could all say title shot. Yo, he beat here. He should be be top four. He deserves the winner of Tony Ferguson and Khabib. Yeah, I, I could see that. But what's more interesting What's more compelling? Who does he have beef with? Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor and this dude have been jawing back and forth on social media over the last about six months. And Justin, again, let's think stylistically. What did I just get over saying? Who are the two fastest starters in the sport? That's Conor McGregor and Justin Gaethje. The difference is Justin Gaethje, I thoroughly believe, can possibly take more damage than Conor and he's on a hot streak. But on the other hand, if Conor McGregor is able to beat a Justin Gaethje, well, then Conor McGregor's a star again. Because as long as the diehards are concerned, Justin Gaethje is one of the most violent dudes in the sport. So to me, that's a win-win. That's a win for the organization. The UFC all of a sudden can say, man, look, it's either we create a huge star with Justin Gaethje, former champion, beat some of the best of the best, beat champions, or the rebrand of Conor McGregor. There's no losing there. And again, let's actually even think about the athletes themselves. Justin Gaethje, I just starched your boy, Y'all thought he was the biggest name in the sport. You need to pay attention to me. I'm that dude. Or Conor McGregor can stop talking about, you know, proper whiskey for two seconds and Lucky Charms and say, look, I'm that guy. I'm back. I'm focused. What's up? I deserve the next crack at the title. So, look, this is a win win for all three parties involved. No, four because the fans, because at the end of the day. It's gonna be a violent fight between the two of those guys. I love it. I think that is what should happen. but we know how this sport works, man. We'll see. uh the rest of this card was decent. um nothing to really sneeze at to be honest with you. Um, Misha Serkinov did a great job ended up finishing Jimmy crew via Peruvian necktie, which was nuts. uh okay, so this is my Glover to share went out here and beat uh krilov. Glover to share is one of those guys, one of the OG of OGs in the sport. still ranked in the top 10 at the 205 pound division, but they keep sending these young guys after him and he keeps beating that ass. He is one of the best litmus tests in the 205 pound division as a young buck. If you can beat Glover, You are ready for that upper echelon. He's still dangerous. He's still well rounded. And he proved that again, man. So great win by uh, Glover to share. All right, Michelle Piera. If you guys don't remember, he's the dude who's been out there busting backflips in the cage. People, in May, he came out there completely starched. Danny Roberts, you know, who's an incredible striker with a huge flying knee. He's this capoeira, huge Jack Brazilian dude. And he's been having a lot of, like, heat behind him. Everyone loves this dude. Everyone's been excited about him. Goes out there, misses weight. They said he got here this past week. They said he was 32 pounds heavier than his weight class before he got it on Monday, which is nuts. So he misses weight by a pound and a half. Goes out and fights this young dude Collins, whom at the end of the day, Tristan Colony, I'm sorry, who took this fight to fight on five days notice. Piera comes out there and Pereira comes out there, literally has a six minute walkout, choreographed dance moves and everything, which don't get it twisted. I'm cool with. But. He missed that and literally was doing backflips and everything in the first five minutes of the fight. Gases out, ends up losing a relatively entertaining fight, which ended up getting the fight of the night. Couple things he misses weight, so the fight of the night where he would have won $50,000 extra regardless on wins and losses, guess what happens to my mans, he does not get it, so all of that $100,000 that's also to split between the two, goes to the man who just got here, five days notice, win with the UFC, great story, congrats to him, and the guy who's fighting upper weight class, so That's neither here nor there. Great win. Great story for uh, Tristan Colony. Michelle Pierre, though. This is what I want to talk about really quick, man. Look. Am I mad about the the dancing and stuff? No, 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 no. I'm I'm actually really, really cool with that. I'm, I'm cool with the theatrics. I think it's a great thing in the sport. But you can't do that and take L's. Because if you do that and actually start taking L's, well, then nobody cares. Then you just look like a fucking clown. So the fact that this is now, like, and hopefully he's learned from this. I think he'll be back. But I'm going to be honest with you. His best days might be at middleweight because it seems like 170 just is too much for him to make. All right. The rest of the card. I mean, look, it was decent. Uh, Todd Duffy made his return after what three years off. And unfortunately, he ended up getting no contest um, in a fight that he was actually looking pretty good. Eye poke. mm, Was it an eye poke? It's pretty arguable. It did seem like he came to a point. Look, I'm not here to to question anybody's heart or anything like that but at the end of the day it looked like my man just didn't want to be there no more looked like he pretty much was done it was as a way out even though he was winning the fight it seemed like it might have been a way out and my man's just kind of quit so we'll see if Todd Duffy comes back but um if it is the last time we've seen Todd Duffy yo nothing to sneeze at man he had some health issues that stopped him from continually competing but when he was up and coming man the dude was something something to watch and If you guys don't remember, he was in Never Back Down 2 way back in the day, man. So that was with Michael Jai White. One of my favorite movies, man. Nuts. (laughs) All right. Uh, that's it for the MMA aspect for this this weekend. Um, Boxing-wise, Tyson Fury actually fought this weekend. He fought Otto Wilen and this was on ESPN as well. Top rank. A lot of people, honestly, they didn't do a great job of marketing this fight at all. I know even people who are diehard Tyson Fury fans didn't even realize Buddy was fighting. But here's the thing, and this is one of the things that really ended up being scary about this specific event. All of us have consistently said, yo, we cannot continue putting these heavyweight monsters up here against guys we don't know, because then the top three guys won't end up actually competing against one another. They won't. Look what happened with Joshua Ruiz. Ruiz is a little different because he's actually the legitimate champ, but still, that wasn't supposed to happen. And now you have, look, Deontay Wilder fight, loser Ortiz, a losable fight. And Tyson Fury goes out here and puts it on the line against Otto Wilden. What happens? Third round, he gets cracked by a left hook, which he thought was a, a headbutt, but he gets cracked, gets split open, nasty. And it was to the point that if the fight was stopped at that point, he would have lost via TKO because it was due to a punch and not a headbutt. He had to battle through adversity, and even in the 12th round, Otto Weiland had Tyson Fury hurt, and he almost finished the fight as well in the 12th. Yes, he won the fight I actually had it 117-111, but there were moments in that fight where there was definite moments of danger for Tyson Fury. Why are we doing this? Why are we fighting these bums? Why are you taking two and three warm-up fights in between Deontay Wilder? And why is Deontay Wilder fighting the boogeyman of the division? It makes no sense. You're putting yourselves at risk and you're messing up the bag. They're messing up all of the money that they can possibly have. Now... If Tyson Fury goes out there and fights Deontay Wilder in the same manner that he fought Otto Weiland, he gets knocked out in the third round. He needs to perform better than he absolutely did. This wasn't a great performance, even though, look, on the scorecards, even on my card, he washed them. But there were still moments of trepidation. There really were, man. So it's something to see. um, This fight wasn't necessary, man uh let me see now i will say this and this is something that i did fight in, find interesting during that fight espn the zone also they have to do a better job in the commentary if the fighter is signed to that promotion one of the bigger names fury anthony joshua canelo alvarez which we'll be talking about in a little bit because this fight announcement just happened with uh sergey kovalev look you guys can't be that biased and if you are can you be a little bit more tactful about it all you guys are doing is talking about how great one dude is but you're not even giving the other guy props if you can't sell me on the fact that the other guy has an opportunity to win why would i even tune in why? Why would anybody tune in if you guys were like, yo, Tyson Fury is fighting this dude who he's about to wash. Like, who who wants to see that? And then even during the fight, yeah, you know, oh, it's whatever. This dude isn't that good. He should. Wa-. Dude, why are we why are we tuning in? Why do we even tune in? We watched the Dustin Poye versus Khabib fight because there was a, we we were like, man, if if Dustin Poye is able to stop these takedowns, he has the power and explosion and experience to get Khabib out of there. So it was compelling. It was interesting. Nate Diaz versus Anthony Pettis. Is Nate Diaz's pressure going to be able to Stop all of the tools that that what's it called may have. No, I I don't know that. We don't know that Anthony Pettis has. We don't. We have no clue. So we have to be able to sell the fight in that manner. If you can't sell that fight in that manner, no one's gonna tune in, no matter who it is, man. So I I would just like to see ESPN do a better job of that. Um. All right. That's pretty much all for the fights. The only other fight this weekend was Devin Haney. Devin Haney goes out there and absolutely outclasses his opponent. I mean, this dude, and he is now the WBC mandatory for Vasily Lomachenko at 135 pounds. If I'm Loma, I do not take this fight. Devin Haney absolutely wants it. Devin Haney is, if you have not had an opportunity to watch him, in my opinion, he's the best young prospect in the sport he does everything well, 20 years old, he has power, he has combinations, he has footwork, he has ring IQ, he speaks well, fam, he even went out there with a Dapper Dan set of trunks, boots, and uh, and robe, Dapper Dan fam, Gucci would out, he has the charisma, the, the intelligence. He's trained by his father. They And he even did something. He didn't go the traditional route. He went over there with Eddie Hearn so that they can build with the zone. Incredible. I think this dude is the future of the sport. If you haven't already, you must pay attention to Devin Haney, man. All right. Uh, this weekend... We're going to go ahead and break down the fights from this weekend. Then we're going to touch on a little bit of fight news because there's not as much this week. But this weekend we have UFC Fight Night in Mexico City with Yair Rodriguez versus Jeremy Stevens. I'm excited about this fight. Um, And I'm excited about this fight for a couple different reasons. One, these are two of the most dynamic fighters and strikers in the game. Yair is one of the most creative throwing tornado kicks and spinning kicks and even last year he was a part of one side of one of the fights of the year with the korean zombie and was up for knockout of the year in that very same fight where he knocked out the korean zombie in the fifth round with an up elbow it's ridiculous And he's fighting against Jeremy Stevens, the vet of all vets, been in there with the best of the best, has beaten some of the best in the world and has had very close decisions to some of the best of the world, no matter whom he is. And again, he's another one of those guys that I won't consider like just, you know, uh, a journeyman or something. No, he's always in the mix. And if he goes on on a tear, he can be in a title shot. The dude is incredible. And. I don't know if anybody else in the sport has better ground and pound than Jeremy Stevens. If he touches you, he, he can knock you out with any punch. Knee, he has he has knockouts with punches, he has knockouts with knees. He has knockouts with elbows. He has knockouts with ground and pound. He has knockouts with head kicks. He does it all. This fight is so compelling. It's in Mexico City. Jeremy Stevens has actually been there for the last six weeks of his camp so that he doesn't gas out. Yeah, Rodriguez is representing Mexico. Was the winner of the Ultimate Fighter Season 1 down there. Latin Ultimate Fighter down there. And the dude is, I'm telling you, 1000% is out there doing work absolutely doing work man so it is good to see i cannot wait to watch this fight and what do i think is actually going to happen man so look we got yair who is 12 and 2 versus stevens who's number eight, eight. Oh, look remember yair rank number seven jeremy stevens ranked number eight um 28 and 16 verse 12 and 2 i'm gonna be honest with you I think this is going to be a very difficult fight for Yair. I think Jeremy Stevens has seen somebody in there. He was in there actually with Zabit, who fights extremely similar. I think it's a better version of Yair. So what that tells me is this. I think Jeremy Stevens is going to be prepared. I think Jeremy Stevens walks out there with the uh, the KO win. Um, Nothing against Yair, but I think Jeremy Stevens, this is a very great matchup for him. All right, who else is on this card? You got the number eight ranked Carlos Sparza at, at 115 pounds, Finally, the number nine ranked, also Mexican Alexa Grasso. This should be another great fight. Alexa Grasso was somebody whom started off her career nine and no beating the brace off of everybody. She ended up, you know, f- you know, getting in there with Chicago's very own Felice Herrig. She took an L. She's had a little bit of ups and downs since then, but she is back on a winning tear. I see her beating Carlos Sparza in this one, the former champion at 115 pounds. Uh, Brandon Marino is also back on this card. Brandon Marino, if you guys don't remember, was on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, what, like season 20 or some shit, um, was in the UFC, got cut from the UFC, went to LFA, won the featherweight championship at feather at, uh, LFA, which is one of the best regional promotions in the sport comes back to the UFC and now he's on the main card of the Mexico city should be entertaining I have Brandon Marino winning this one and then on the 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 curtain jerker for the main card is Martin Bravo Martin Bravo was 12-0 before he got to the UFC he has two losses in a row against some really dope guys I think this is set it up for him to go ahead and be back on the winning track man so look a lot of great fights this weekend um the UFC, look, it's not the greatest fight night in the world, but the main event itself, in my humble opinion, is one of the best ones to watch. All right, let's go ahead and transition to some fight news. What do we have in the world of combat sports? And in the world of combat sports, man, it is old out. Canelo Alvarez is fighting Sergey Kovalev. They had their press conference yesterday. And um, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm excited. One thing off the bat is you see that these guys, there's a different height and reach advantage. Canelo Alvarez says he thoroughly believes he can get on the inside and abuse his body and win this fight. He's moving up two-way classes, but look, everyone's excited about this matchup. It happens in about two months. We'll be talking about that more when it comes, but this is amazing, man. Um, it, it, and this is what it's about granted he's not fighting all the contenders that I would love for see him fight at that weight class but look man we'll end up seeing what happens um, also in some fight news man uh, it seems like there's a lot of beef between Paul Felder and Edson Barbosa remember they were friends they fought a very tough fight that was Paul Felder's first loss of his career and then he goes back there and ends up get, getting that L back after they were teammates and all kind of stuff Edson boasted appeals the loss, and the thing about Paul Felder is he's handling it classy. But he did say this: "I knew it was a Rager close. I never deny that. I know he's upset, and I know that he's had the best. He hasn't had the best winning record lately. Lately, so I feel him. I feel for his family, and I know how much his money means to him. We both thought we won, so I guess I get it. It does leave a bad taste in your mouth, but..." basically saying that it was a robbery that's upsetting the most i feel disrespected i feel him it was a close fight i had paul felder winning you can't have sour grapes and he probably does feel that way because he has two losses in a row man it's unfortunate but it happens and all right the biggest piece of news of the week is this john jones has recently come out on social media and says he has a huge fight coming up and he, by the end of the week he's going to make some kind of ridiculous announcement. Everyone's been speculating things, even up to Ariel Hawani, who seems like he might know more than he's letting on. The only possible matchup that would be exciting is not a 205 shot at all. No one cares. The only thing that could be that, so there is a possible matchup between Stipe Miocic and John Jones. John Jones will move up challenge for that heavyweight belt that would be the biggest news in a very long time man so if that happens you guys will be the first to know i'll drop an igtv video but with that being said yo We got it in here quick for you guys, man. This is episode 139. I'll be back. I have Brandon Camille coming back this week, and we are working on some really, really dope stuff for you guys. So please, please, please stay tuned. Let everybody know what's going on. Um, If you have not already, remember, check me out at thefightpodcast.com. At the fight podcast, also media oh social media platforms. Let your friends know we are everywhere. Podcasts are available. Um, also, check my parents out on at the uh, Ben Jaworski show. That's at Benny J on. Um, on instagram or should i say at the benjo Show on instagram i'm talking about politics and stuff there so check that out if you're interested if not i will see you right here next time on the fight podcast love you guys deuces